Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Cover Your Assets KC. I'm Walter alongside David Dickens, President, Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors based in Overland Park. Find David online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. David, what's going on in your world this week? Well, this week, let's see. Um, it's kind of a nice spring um, spring week in Kansas City. The nice. trees are starting to bud, and we got the Masters this weekend. And, uh, you know, kind of a standard April week in Kansas City. Oh, Do you have I, any I, snow on the ground in Colorado? I don't, with, with Masters coming up and Easter, I've, I've got to imagine you've got some family coming and all that jazz going on. You must be pretty jazzed for this week, i got to say. <laughs> you, you sound very low-key for what sounds like a David Dickens kind of weekend. Well, I'm actually visiting some family this weekend, headed north to the oh, tundra to of somewhere. Minneapolis. So, oh, um, very nice. We'll see what that brings. I doubt the daffodils are out in Minneapolis, but... If they are, Walter, I'm going to take a picture and text it to you. There you go. Please do. If if they aren't, you at least have plenty of pretty flowers to look at at Augusta. <laughs> For sure. There. On the big tube. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Get a good TV in front of you and you'll be in good shape. Well, I hope you enjoy uh, all the festivities in the weekend and the visiting with everybody. And uh, we've got a great podcast on the way today. We thought we'd uh, take a couple of listener questions on today's show. David, these are things that you've uh, kind of gotten over the last couple of weeks, a couple of different topics kind of on the top of people's minds. They are. A couple of them, uh, questions about prior podcasts, and then a, a one-off. Okay, excellent. Very good. Well, let's dive into them. Three good ones uh, on the docket today. The first one comes to us from Cindy. By the way, if you ever want to submit a question to be featured on the show, one way you can do that is by emailing David. It's ddickens at kcfa.com. So Cindy says, you mentioned a couple of weeks ago that an HSA is even better than a Roth IRA. I thought my Roth IRA was the greatest thing ever. What makes an HSA better? Well, I know I kind of shocked you when I said that I a did. couple of weeks ago. I was like, oh my gosh, I have to make a new sounder now, right? The HSA <laughs> after that episode. So, uh, Cindy, the, there's really only one thing that makes it even better than a Roth. Because, I mean, honestly, getting better than a Roth is pretty difficult to do. The one thing is that when you contribute to an HSA, a health savings account, you actually... You get to deduct the contribution like you were doing in an IRA, and then, similar to a Roth, all the uh, the earnings grow tax-free. So it's a tax-free account that you get a tax deduction for putting the money into. I should have maybe prefaced, an HSA is only, it's a health savings account that's only available to people that have a high deductible health care plan. And if you got one of those, you need to be contributing to an HSA because it's even better than a Roth. That's awesome. I, we actually, uh, Connie and I just went through this, David. We were looking at um, her new options for healthcare at the company that she just started with. And uh, they had an HSA option, but it was only with the high deductible plan. And we decided to go with the more traditional uh, healthcare plan. So yep. no access. Well, that's to the, the only HSA price of admission plans. is making sure you have a high deductible plan. Yeah. There's one other thing that, um, that kind of separates it from a Roth IRA. Uh, with a Roth, there are certain phase outs depending on your household income. And if your household income is above those phase outs, which I'm not really planning on getting into today because they're a little complicated, but then you're, you're disallowed from putting money into a Roth. But there's no income limit on who can contribute to an HSA. Hmm. So it doesn't matter how much you make, as long as you have a high deductible plan, 
you can put the money in. Oh, I think it's, I don't have the limits in front of me, but this year it's maybe eight grand for a family or something. So a little bit bigger than a Roth uh, contribution limit. And it doesn't matter how much you make. In fact, <laughs> one other weird thing, you don't even have to have earned income to put money into an H HSA. So let's say you retired early and you uh, now have private insurance and you chose a high deductible plan. You don't have to have any earnings to make that HSA contribution. So that's kind of a, a third little bonus reason why it's even better than a Roth because with a Roth, age doesn't matter, but you have to have earned income before you can make a Roth contribution. So that's the kind of the way it looks. Distributions from both of those accounts are totally tax-free. One little odd thing about a Roth is you have to have had the account open for five years or else there's a penalty on money that you take out, but only on the earnings of the money you put in. So Roth has a few little complications. They're both fantastic accounts. Both of them live on into your retirement. The HSA just has a couple of extra little tweaks that make it slightly better than a Roth. If you can do both, do both. They are uh, both on the all-star team, no doubt about it, between the two of them. So neat to hear about those little nuances the HSA has. And, Cindy, hopefully that clears things up for you a little bit or at least makes that argument for why they're both the greatest thing ever, if <laughs> that helps you out a little bit. Great question. Tom has our next one on the show today. Tom says, I have IRA money invested at my bank, David, and up until the whole Silicon Valley bank thing, I've never been worried. But now they've got me thinking, should <laughs> I be worried? Well, so I'm getting a lot of questions like this, Tom, from, from clients. And the answer is, so the answer is it's kind of hard to say. If you've got if you have under $250,000 in an account, you have nothing to worry about because the FDIC is there for you. And what they've just done because of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank and you know various other things that they can see that we don't, they've kind of sort of extended this blanket deposit insurance over everything, but on a case-by-case -case basis. But more specifically to your question, Tom, there are some specific rules that tell you what you what is insured and what isn't. So, for instance, let's say you have um, all of your deposit accounts under $250,000 are going to be insured at a bank or at a credit union, checking account, savings account, CDs. So you're, what you're probably talking about here is an IRA CD. And if your bank or your credit union also has a brokerage division, they have some sort of person who does marketable investments, that's not what we're talking about here. So any stocks or mutual funds or annuity products you get through that channel of the bank is not FDIC insured. So um, if you have multiple IRAs at multiple banks, then each of those IRAs is insured up to $250,000 separately. And then if you have, let's say you have a, a $250,000 IRA, at a bank, and you have a, uh, a money market account that has $150,000, both of those accounts are separately insured to $250,000. So it's, it's on a per account basis when you're talking about an IRA and a non-IRA. And then let's say you have an inherited IRA, and it's also in a bank CD. That is yet another 
separate account that also has $250,000. Now here's a one weird little twist. I'm going to end the question on this, Tom. For some reason, banking regulation lumps your traditional IRA and your Roth IRA together. So let's just say that you have a $200,000 IRA CD at a bank and you have a $100,000 Roth IRA CD at the same bank, both of which are in your name. Between the, that's a total of 300,000. So you're gonna have 50,000 that is not insured. Goofy little quirk, and I don't know why that exists, but that's the way it is. So I'm personally not all that inclined to rest on the treasury and the FDIC saying, you know, in this instance, we're gonna cover everybody. I would be more inclined to structure my financial assets such that I knew for sure that my bank deposits were covered or I had a super good feeling about the bank I was in, uh, investing those monies with. And as we've all just found out, even really big depositors, frankly, even a lot of the regulators didn't even know that the problem was going on at uh, Silicon Valley Bank until one Wednesday, $42 billion got transferred out and all of a sudden they did have a problem. So I'd make sure that I knew that all my deposits at bank were, were uh, insured and hopefully this little um, walkthrough was helpful for you, Tom. Yeah, a lot just evaporated overnight and uh, incredible to see that. No wonder people are asking, talking about it and wondering about it. David, I don't hear from my dad very often about investing topics, only really two times that I can think of. One was at the beginning of the coronavirus and, and just out of nowhere was like, uh, yeah, we're a couple of years from retirement. What should we do? I'm getting uh, uh, for the first time ever. I don't I don't know what to do. What should I who should I talk to? How should I do this? What, what should happen? And then this event, because they're getting ready to retire in a couple of months and they've sold their house already. They've got a decent amount of cash sitting in the bank ready to buy their forever home when they retire and move to Maine. And so he's like, we've never had a bunch of cash like this sitting in a bank. What do we do now? And I'm nervous. Should we do something? So it's it's interesting to hear the thing, the questions you never thought you'd get from somebody or they would ever have to worry about all of a sudden just can pop up out of nowhere, right? And yeah. There's a lot of ways to get more than $250,000 for a couple in a bank. And this isn't really Tom's question, but let's just take your, your dad and your mom, sure. for instance. He could have an account, $250,000. She could have an account. $250,000. They could have a joint account. They could also have a, their trust could, if they had a trust, they could have, a, the trust could have an account. There are a lot of different ways to expand this thing up over a million dollars. You just kind of have to know the rules and the bankers, it's not really their job to help you navigate all of that. Right. So, you know, if you got more than $250,000 in your name sitting in a bank, I would take the opportunity to look for ways to make sure that you expanded your coverage to the limits that um, that the law provides. It's a great point. Something to think about for a lot of people, I would imagine. Great question, Tom. Thanks for sending that one in. And we could probably add all sorts of names to uh, responsible for that question, as I'm sure you got many of them, David, over the last couple of weeks. Uh, now you said we would have sort of a one-off here, and so this one comes to us from Linda. And uh, let's see where Linda takes us for our final question of today's episode. By the way, if you have any questions for David and ever want to talk one-on-one -on -one about your situation, you can always reach out at 913 317-1414, 913-317-1414. Linda says, my husband just died, and, and one of the things I inherited was an old IRA he inherited from his dad. 
My husband was already taking RMDs from this inherited IRA based on his life expectancy. Can I do the same? So no, you can't, but there are specific rules about successor beneficiaries. So, so Linda, you are now a successor beneficiary. You probably, let's, I'm just going to assume that you might have also inherited your husband's IRA. And so you have a lot of options with that. You can lump it right into your own IRA. And if you're not subject to RMDs, then you don't have to take RMDs on that until you are subject to. But with his IRA that he inherited from his father, you actually do have to take required minimum distributions. And you have to abide by the 10-year rule, which is new, recently new under the SECURE Act. So that's probably two years old now. And so all that says is by the end of the 10th year, regardless of your age, regardless of your deceased husband's age, you have to clean that account out by the end of the 10th year. So there are some, those are the basic rules. Um, If you have additional questions, make sure you get some good advice on that uh, because there are penalties involved in not taking the right amount of money out of these types of accounts. But yes, you are going to have to take RMDs. And yes, you will have to clean that out by the end of the 10th year. Inherited questions always seem to have some extra complexities to them. Then when it's an inherited of an inherited item, it, it does seem to just make you make your head spin a little bit as a layperson. So good. You've got it all straight, David, to help us out there. <laughs> you got to dig through a lot of layers on these accounts because a piece of legislation has been stacked on a new piece of legislation and it just seems to get more complicated each time. And and the 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 error that Linda could easily make is to say, well, he was my spouse, so I can treat it like other spousal oh. inheritances. And in the case of a successive beneficiary, you don't get that option. That makes sense. Thank you for the question, Linda. Really appreciate that. And I hope everybody was helped by some of these questions on our show today. But again, if we didn't cover something that's on your mind, well, participate, reach out and ask a question. You don't have to feature it on the show. If you want to just talk to David one-on-one, you can do that as well. Here's a few ways that you can get in touch. By the way, we'll link to all this contact information in the description or the show notes section of today's program. But you can call David, first of all, at 913-317-1414. 913-317-1414 or go online to coveryourassetskc.com and get in touch through the website. That's coveryourassetskc.com. David, really appreciate all the help and guidance on the show today. Hope you enjoy a little golf, a little family time this weekend. Happy uh, Easter to you and yours, and uh, we'll look forward to chatting with you again next week. That all sounds terrific, Walter. I will look forward to it next week as well. All right, very good. For David, I'm Walter. Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll see you next time on Cover Your Assets, KC. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.